Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Tori. Hello, Internet. And Dave. What's up? Uh, so, we start everything with good thing. So, who has a good thing they want to start with? Crickets. Oh, no one wants to start. Craig, sounds like you're volunteering. Uh, Craig yeah. likes crickets. No, definitely do not. Especially when they, like, sneak in your house. <laughs> where they are, and they just keep being noisy. The worst thing about crickets is one cricket sounds like a thousand crickets. <laughs> nope, we're okay. not talking about the worst thing about anything. This is good thing. The best thing about crickets is that they're a uh, they're like a pretty solid, you know, protein source. Stop. Iguanas. That's what I was going to say. No, one of my friends raises lizards, and she always says to go to the pet store and buy crickets in bulk to feed these guys. And so she just has. An aquarium tank where crickets live between mealtimes. And crickets stink, you guys. I don't know if you knew that. In bulk, crickets are... Oh, my God. I will say, they do sound very pleasant when you're outside. (laughs) Yes. Well, it it reminds you of spring, which is a nighttime spring, which is nice. Anyway, this is not my good thing. I'm... I'm (laughs) What's your good thing? You're right. Craig's good thing is actually Cricket Wireless. Uh, he's he's being sponsored oh. this week by a cell phone brand. We're getting a sponsorship. Bam. Uh, so my good thing this week is Aquaman. I just got back from seeing the movie like 20 minutes ago. I really enjoyed it. It was, um, it was fun and it was pretty and it was not terrible. And I feel like the DC cinematic universe is... Finally getting its legs under it. You know, Wonder Woman was good. Aquaman is pretty good. Maybe we can look forward to better things in the future. They just have to get better with Superman. That's that's the important part. Well, on you those better things in the future, Shazam looks amazing. It the- looks amazing. Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorites when I was a kid. I really hope the movie's as good as the preview looks. It looks like big... With Zachary Levi with powers. (laughs) Okay. For real, like, this might be the first DC movie of, like, the current cinematic universe that I actually go see in a theater. It looks so good. Wow. Okay. The the biggest thing it has going for it, to set it aside from the other DC movies, is it has a sense of humor. That's important. Like, that has been notably absent from the ones that that I have watched looking at you, Zack Snyder. Right, like, that was one of the things I said when we left the theater after Man of Steel, which was a good Superman movie, by the way, but no sense of humor in there. There, I, I told my husband when we left, oh my gosh, there was one joke in that movie, and it was right at the end. Anyway. So yeah, Aquaman. Um, I would like to have a discussion with you afterward about DC movies, but that's not for right now. Right now it's for good things. Nope. Dave, why don't you go next? Man, so many good things. 
Uh, I do a lot of video game related things for my good things, so I'm going to go with something different today. And my good thing is a YouTube channel called Oversimplified. And this is just a guy that does little cartoons and talks about histories of wars and stuff. So I watched World War One, World War Two, American Revolution, the Emu War in Australia, and the Raid on the Falkland Islands. A uh, lot of uh, condensed information and entertaining animations you can watch if you like history or just uh, would like to know more about history. I'm at least going to watch the one about the emu war because, yay. Uh, spoiler alert, there's emus. I won't, I won't tell you who won the emu war. I've read the Wikipedia article. It's pretty <laughs> dope. <laughs> yeah, if nobody knows, they're... Uh, at one point in Australia's history, they literally declared war on emus and sent their army after emus in the Australian outback. They're, they're right up there with their over genocide. <laughs> and it's their national bird, by the All right, so we got a YouTube recommendation from Dave. Craig, you want to take a second swing at it and go not cricket-based for your good thing this, this time? Did we lose Craig? He's left us a note that says he's switching the laundry. Dang it, Craig. All right, I'll do my good thing then. Craig's good thing is clean laundry. Yay! Uh, So my good thing, uh, the second in the series of siblings who make things that I like, are the Brothers Chaps. Uh, These would be Matt Chapman and Mike Chapman. Uh, who together created the anim- the internet animated series Homestar Runner, and it's far more successful subseries that I love so much that it might be one of my favorite things of all time. Is Strong Bad Email? Um, if you if you aren't familiar with either of these things, go fix that right now. Stop the podcast. Pause it. It'll be it'll be here when you get back. Go look up Strong Bad Email. Go look up Homestar Runner. Go watch some stuff. Uh, for Strong Bad Email, a good starting point that, that I really enjoy, one of my favorites, is Englilish Paper. That is spelled E-N-G-L-I-L-S-H. The yellow dart. <laughs> yes. Yellow. It's excellent. Um, <laughs> so, after working on Homestar Runner for a number of years, uh, they put it on sort of hiatus to go pursue, you know, more more professional things. Um, Matt has done a ton of stuff that you've almost certainly either seen or heard about or, like, are aware exists. Things like he's he's been a writer and director for Yo Gabba Gabba. Uh, he has worked on Gravity Falls. He's worked on the Aquabat Super Show, which, if you haven't watched the Aquabat Super Show, it... It's it's very it's styled as a as like children's programming, educational programming, but it's so freaking good, man. It's so good. You got to watch it. It's very very good. That's good thing part B of of today, but Aquabat Super Show, real good. Um but they actually have started doing semi-regular updates for uh for Homestar Runner again. So that's that's excellent. Uh, oh yeah, Mike, the other chap. Uh, what has he done? Oh yeah, he was also a writer for Yo Gabba Gabba, and that's about it, according to 
uh, Wikipedia. But anyway, brothers, I, they make stuff. I want to throw out there that my favorite strong bad email is sisters. That's the one that people <laughs> should Come my back, Ali. Come back, Ali's sister. <laughs> you know, I really love the uh, the videographer one, which was one of the last emails before they went on hiatus. Like they, they were in their prime when they uh, stopped working on the website regularly, unfortunately. But they they've done very well for themselves. They actually have a YouTube series. Also, it's called Two More Eggs. I think it's actually part of Disney XD's YouTube channel. But uh, just some, just some like random clips and things. We've got some recurring characters in there, but it is, it is so brothers chaps. You know, if you were if you were a fan of Homestar, just could also go watch two more eggs. So, all right, Craig, are you back now? Yeah. Would you like Didn't to do your good thing? Homestar Runner, and he said, Ali's sister. Gla- Glove and boots and Homestar <laughs> Runner are back. What is this madness? Craig, do a good uh, thing. Can, can you hear? You can hear me, right? Yes, do a good thing. <laughs> um, I played a. I got a pretty neat game over the past week. I was at the conventions, and uh, I picked up a game called Super Hazard Quest. It's a. Uh, and I think Dave, did you play this? I do not believe I did. We played a bunch of um, times up, but for Super Hazard Quest, it's a. It's a board game, um, but it mimics like an eight person, uh, eight person, eight bit side scrolling adventure. So you explore the dungeon. You have to deal with hazards in your way. Like maybe you have. Oh, we did play that. I remember yeah, now. You have things okay. you jump on and things you shoot and attack, etc. Um, but you have items that are cards in your hand. You have to play them to get through the dungeon. Oh, I remember now. I I started playing with you before my turn came up. I ditched you to play poker. Oh, because you got screwed on the first turn, and we were still learning how to play anyway. And then you played poker. That's right. <laughs> but I do um, remember it was pretty cool. It, it's it's. So, it's I kind of I missed the I missed the briefing and didn't really understand what was going on. So. Yeah, we tried to just throw you into it. Um, so. And the the people I played it with, like it, it turned out really well. Like it's it's super fast to pick up, easy to play. It has a nice eight bit aesthetic going on, so it, it works with your nostalgia. And it just it's a nice, fun little game to play. And it's it's like less than thirty bucks to pick up, which is also nice for a board game. So that will be my good thing. Neat. Uh, all right, Dave, you read some chapters this week, right? Uh, in the past. Yeah, I've read them. Or at some point? I read since the last recording, yeah. All right. Well, you want to tell us about those? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a whirl. So, we did chapters 21 through 23. In chapter 21, we have Breed X Alrian. Alrian seeks asylum, and Ellen allows her to stay for now. Uh, so, Breeze and uh, his. Uh, and girl venture princess venture i guess she is uh or no is she princess venture she's princess other guy set princess she's princess uh breeze and princess set are kind of an item uh at least allery seems to think so so she chases down her breezy poo and yeah, <laughs> like 
Seek that sounds silent. disgusting. And breezy poo. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an Earthbound joke. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ellen sees this as a possible opportunity to get some intelligence on Set and his army, so he allows her to stay for now. And we'll see where that goes. That's chapter 21. Okay. Um, I believe that this chapter contained one of my favorite lines of all of this trilogy, which is Vin coming into the room saying, what was that pink thing? <laughs> Isn't it like the pink puffball or something? No, she refers to her as a puffball later, but I'm pretty sure the line is, Boiler. what was that pink thing? <laughs> Anyway, that's all I had. Please continue. Okay. Chapter 22. Vin and Ursula ambush Ham. Vin asks Ham how she can fight without ATM. Vin and Ursula get acquainted. Ursula reluctantly admits that her plan will work, as Vin's plan will work, to eliminate possible Chandra. That is, uh, trying to... Protect people's alamancy is a possible way to eliminate uh, possibilities. Chandra and Urso inadvertently implies that Mistborn can detect Chandra and says that's back. Yay! So uh, Vin and Urso are ambushing Ham to basically kind of bait him into burning pewter so they can eliminate him as a suspect. Uh, Vin's got her bronze going and detects Ham burning pewter, so he is in clear. And, you know, since she knows she can trust him now, she kind of asks him, how, how do you fight without ATM? And I didn't write down what Ham said, but I don't think that it was a promising response. <laughs> okay, so Vin and Ursula are getting a little closer. They both kind of they have shared similar paths where they were both abused by their Ursula's owners or Vin's you know, uh, gang leaders. And they have a moment. And uh, Orsor kind of volunteers the information that uh, Vin should be able to eliminate suspects by detecting Alamancy. And he goes a little bit into the history of the Chandra and how Chandra fear Mistborn. And uh, Vin pieces together that Mistborn can somehow detect Chandra, and it's so freaking obvious. All they have to do is, uh, they just have to burn Melatium, and they can look at the Chandra's past, and either nothing, either no echo. It's so, it's not, but it's so obvious. Like, I can't believe I didn't think of it before, and I'm like screaming at Vin right now. If you burn Melatium, then you'll either see something different, like a completely different person or being than the person you're looking at uh, as the imposter, or you might even just see nothing at all. But either way, bam, there you go, Conjure. It's so easy. Just do it. Come on. They don't have it anymore. That's the problem. I refuse to believe that. We've discussed this in Discord, and they had a whole freaking bar of Malatium. And Vin barely scrapes off a sliver when she's fighting Lord Ruler. They have a like the More better part likely, of a whole freaking bar. They burned it to decompose it back into gold and ATM. Yeah, is that ATM something? Is, much is that useful. something that they can actually do? It's just heat. They can melt it and and hand pick the ATM molecules and the gold. Hold on, I'm gonna look well, up. I guess 
Uh, not molecules, but atoms. The we, we have to talk to a chemist, molecules. so if there's any chemist listening, can you break apart certain metallurgic compounds? I think the question is whether whether smelting them is a physical change or a chemical change, which I don't actually know. But if it's a physical change, I guess it's technically possible to separate them. I'm gonna. I'm reading up on bronze since that's also. I'm just gonna read up on smelting. Okay, you do that. Well, why don't we continue and? Yeah, why don't why don't you read later and talk about things but, you've read now? Since there's a fire involved, it seems like it would be a chemical. I don't know that for sure. But anyways, I don't know why they don't have melatium. I refuse to believe this. They separated it into atium and gold. Ugh. But anyway, Sazed's back. He uh, shows up at the end of chapter 22 here. And that rolls us into chapter 23. And Sazed uh, recounts all of his stories from his travels about how he saw mist during the day. And it was apparently killing people. And some dude was going crazy and eating people. And he runs into the coloss. And I also wrote down a note. Sazed eats with a knife and spoon, which is so bizarre to me. I, why do you eat with a... If, if you have a... How do a knife and a spoon work in tandem? What could you possibly be eating that requires a knife and a spoon? Why wouldn't you use a freaking fork? Right. It could just be the way that you're describing it. you've played knifey spoony before. <laughs> <laughs> We're reading a book about metalworking magic, and that's the part that bothers you? This yeah, my suspension of disbelief is destroyed because Cezanne's with a knife and spoon. <laughs> I mean... I'm kind of on board with Dave with this one. That's weird. That's super <laughs> duper weird. I've never noticed it before. I'm going to have to go back and look at it because I didn't spot that before. But Yeah, Sazed goes in and I've read it a couple of times and he doesn't so, have to. So their spoon <laughs> might just be a sport and it's just described as a spoon. We don't know. That sounds like some reversing smelting nonsense talk okay, to me. Let's talk about smelting because I just looked it up and you can... You can break apart an alloy, but you have to burn it hot enough that the whole entire mixture becomes molten. Once it's molten, you can then separate out the components of it. Okay, sure. So, do they know, have means to do that? Little... Do they know that they can do it? And why isn't it mystery? They so yeah. They, they do have anything. they do have the the uh, alchemist contact who is working on creating the opposite of aluminum. So maybe he knows how to do it. But like, there's, suspect, there's no reason not to mention it. I suspect it would have come up, so they would have, like, yes, yeah, she had an entire, entire ingot. She would have had it, you know, researched to try to figure out what it was in the first place. I don't think they knew it was malatium until later on. So they probably had to okay. break it apart to see what was what it was made up of, what the mixture was, so they can make more of it if they desired. But unfortunately, it's made up of atium. So it's sort of like, well, atium is more important. Let's use that. And it's just gold, which we have a ton of gold. Get rid of that. Like, I imagine they would have burned it to see what it was composed of. You're just making stuff up to fit your theory, though. What's that? Well, also, there's been a whole year since the last book. Yeah, and all all, is so useful. I'm sure they went through all. all. It's useful for Alien Contra, I'll tell you that. You're looking for a quick, like, answer. Like, this could have been avoided if they had this. But you're like, why don't they have this? But there's plenty of reasons they might not have access to it. Or they're not thinking to do it because maybe they do have the ingot and you'll just have to read and say. 
I yeah, have the solution. I, I think that what Rafe, it's better not be Rafe. If it's Rafeo, I swear. No, the solution is that melatium somehow becomes an organic compound, and it got moldy, and they had to throw it out. <laughs> you don't want to keep bad melatium around okay, the house. I, it's just I do it's have no another good. point. I do have another point on why they should still have melatium. Uh, when Vin is testing her duralumin, she specifically makes a note. Oh, I don't have the 11th metal right now because, like, I don't have the 11th metal in my stomach right now because it's useless. Not because I don't have any, but because it's useless, implying that she does have it and didn't even want to bother seeing what the effects of Duralumin would be on it. Okay, I will grant that maybe she hasn't thought of it. Like, that's that's the most obvious uh, solution, but come on, I'm screaming at her right now. Just burn Malatium already. Yeah, I'm just going to go with they don't have it for some reason, and we'll just have to accept it. I'm going to go with Mike's answer. It got moldy. I just had to throw out some cupcakes I had in my freezer. It was sad. Anyway, moving on. That lets you look into people's ass. Okay, so, all right, if they don't have it, when they come up with the really obvious burn malatium solution, there better be a good explanation on why they don't have it, because I don't see any reason they shouldn't still have the better part of a malatium part. But anyway, that's just my, just a theory. A game Point theory? is not going to say Rafo. <laughs> I mean, just a theory is kind of what we deal with here. It's not as good as my uh, Zane is Ellen's brother theory. Which actually, wait, I think it's actually a really good, like, the fact that you came up with this, I'll be honest, I did not think about that when I first read through Well Ascension the very first time. So I have to give you kudos on Well, if Craig didn't think questions. of it, then I can see why Vin wouldn't think of it. What? <laughs> Alright, I have a question for you. Man, I'm just trying to compliment uh, Have you ever seen I, Vin you know, and Craig in the same room at the same time? Craig has a half beard. Half beard. <laughs> I only shave half of my side of my face. You should do that one day. But I have to make sure I'm always turned like 90 degrees to a person so they're like, oh, he has a beard. And then next time they see me, oh, he shaved. When did that happen? Oh, that is that is a wonderful cosplay idea. Go as Dachshund. <laughs> Just put on a suit and shave half your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. Uh, that's all I got. Don't we have another chapter? Nope. That's all uh, the that, chapters we have? Yeah, the, we had the... That uh, was 23? Yeah, we had the uh, Princess Alarianne shows up, chapter one. Chapter 22 is when they ambush him and find that he burns Peter. Then they have that the little talk. And Seize returns at the end of chapter 22. And chapter 23 is uh, just Seize explaining where he's been all this time. Yeah, we didn't talk and about And eating that. with a knife and spoon. That's, that's oh, right. eating with a knife. That's right. He's that, eating with a knife. That distracted us so much we forgot the rest it's of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically the chapter in a nutshell. Says it eats with a knife and spoon. With a knife and spoon, he eats the nutshell. All right. Well, that was uh, three chapters worth of not much. Yeah. I mean, we had a little 
interaction there's a little Vin yeah there's a little always good refresher interaction with Vin or Sir, which I, I really am starting to enjoy them getting to know each other a little bit better because Orser is really snarky, but he does seem to be starting to take a liking to Vin, volunteering a little bit of information. Um, probably would be upset to find that he uh, slipped up a little bit more than he meant to, but Vin really um, does need to go back and read that contract. Like, we're in the middle of the book now. Everything's sort of a slow burn. It's like, it's like burning uh, skin. <laughs> Alright, uh, wait till uh, the so... ultimate chapter when we flare it. Oh. So That's for next true. time, we're going to be That's doing chapters. I have this listed somewhere. Here we go. 24 to 27, which finishes out uh, part two. Yeah, we're on part two right now. Well, since we're starting to wrap things up, I know Dave has to get going, but any updates on the Find That Condra? Aside from theories on how to find them, is there anyone different that you suspect? Oh, not really. Or is it still the same list you had before? Same list. All right. Only it's definitely not him now. I don't think he was even on your list, though. Yeah. I mean, he might well, have been. He's even less on my list than he was. Everyone is suspect unless they have a point of view chapter. All right. Well, I will <laughs> see you guys uh, next week, and maybe I'll have that list updated, or maybe they'll just burn my him and get the quick, easy solution. See you next time. Right, though. Quick, easy oh, solution. Right, like, you've never read a Sanderson book. I've read a couple. Actually, I've read three now. I did read Chalkstone. All right. Have fun talking behind my back. Will do. Bye, Dave. And Dave is gone. We are in Spoiler Town. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. So, honestly, his his thoughts about burning Melatium is it's a really good point, and I, I sus- he needed to not point that out. So, so I suspect number one, they could not give that because that's an easy solution, and we really should ask them about like what happens if you burn Melatium with a chandra in the room. I suspect you're going to see something else. I suspect uh, you're going to see nothing from that person or from the person the Chandra is supposed to be, because other elements he doesn't affect them. You could still see their past, though. It would still be a good way to catch the Chandra. Oh yeah, no, but- Dave. Dave's a hundred percent correct here. It would absolutely give away the Chandra, no question. Yes. So they needed a reason, and maybe they could have put a little blurb about the Malatium being burned to discover the. The alley way back when Doralium. Hold on. Doralumen. You'll get there, buddy. Doralumen? Oops. All berries ism. What? (laughs) You can't even get the wrong thing right. (laughs) I don't know. So we have oopsium is the is aluminum and then Doraluminum. (laughs) Duralumen. Duralumin. Duralumin. Min. Duralumin. There you go. Alright, this has been another episode of Teaching Craig How to Talk. (laughs) Alright, so they could have sort of introduced it, why the Malatium doesn't exist at that point. But for some reason he didn't. Maybe he didn't want to give people the idea that, hey, there's an easy solution. Let me just sort of 
forget about and they, they bring up the 11th medal before it's not like they completely forget that male a team exists it's just only infrequently mentioned i have an even better question of where'd that stuff go where did the teams of alamancers that the the people on the crew were leading go oh like because everyone had a a party it wasn't just mean people yeah, Ham wasn't the only pewter burner. He was just, like, the, the representative of a team of thugs that we never actually got to see. Um, I mean, Breeze I... explicitly had a team of soothers and rioters that he yeah. used. You saw them in the first book. Where'd they go? They probably just went to go do other things. It's not like they're the only ones they have access to at this point in the book either. Like, the only people are those on the crew. It's, once again, they're the representation. Uh, they have access to a number of Alamancers. They no, just... they don't. It's explicitly stated a couple of times in this book that people on the crew, that's it. That's all the kingdom has. They say that? Yes. In the book. I don't remember that. Uh, it's brought up a couple of times that, like, Ellen's kingdom is fairly Alamancer poor. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's later, so I don't know that I remember it correctly, but um, when Ellen goes to confront the council uh, after they've deposed him and he's got the crew with him, I I think it says something to the effect of, like, he's trying to show the people how powerful he is with all of his Alamancer friends, because, like, that's supposed to be all the Alamancers. I, all right, I'll, so, I'll, have to, I'll have to flip ahead and find that bit. So, So let's think about this. There's known Alamancers and there's the hidden ones. So the people that would be on Kelsier's team would be the unknown ones, the the half-breeds that want to stay low because if they're found out, they're going to be killed. The noble Alamancers, who are well-known, they're not in Luthadel. They left because they're nobles, and I guess they didn't like what was happening. So they're easy to explain why they're not around and why Alan's team doesn't have them. But what happened to the, the underground people who can burn and and let's uh. let's lay out what we have um because we we have we're told that ham leads a team of thugs but we never actually see them so let's discount that let's pretend they never existed um however we see breeze's teams of soothers and rioters we see clubs's carpenters who are a mix of tin eyes and um copper clouds we don't have any lurchers or what's the steel steel shots coin shot coin shots because coin shot. Kelsier was handling that end of things yep and we don't have any bronze burners any seekers because that was marsh and they didn't care is that all eight okay. basic metals I, I believe that's all we're accounting for so, so the real question is, what happened to the rioters and soothers? Because they are probably and and clubs's. Okay, so for clubs's copper cloud guys, we can actually even assume that they're still around because copper clouds aren't really useful in the post um, Lord Ruler era. But the tin eyes that he had, have other tin eyes. He did have other tin eyes. It wasn't just Spook. Because Spook says he's the best, and you wanted your best to go do a thing. Like, he explicitly states that. So we know they have access to other Ten Eyes. Except that they don't now. They used to. Where'd those guys go? 
the the chapter where Spook pops up, they talked about him being the best Tenai. So now they're not they're not working for the kingdom. They don't exist anymore. Was it just did Brandon just sort of flub and forget that he had teams of these people and not just the named characters? I think I need to see the part where they explicitly say these are the only Alamancers in Luthadel. Um, like Tori was saying, it is a little bit later in the in the book, I think, but this one has been something that's bothered me for a while. So when it pops up, I, I want to bring up this discussion, because honestly, I don't remember, and I need to see the wording. And, like, bare minimum, those soothers and rioters would have been pretty freaking handy to have, and not just Breeze. Alright, well, that's an unanswerable question at the moment, so what does anyone else have for the for right now to talk about? Uh, I don't. I don't think I have much for these particular chapters because it's they, there's a bit more of a build up to chapter twenty seven, which is the end of part two. So I think we'll have more to discuss in our next uh, discussion. Uh, I, but just as an update, I've continued my rereading of Mistborn, and I'm currently reading through Secret History. I'm hoping that information will stay fresh in my head, so that way when we get to Hero of Ages, because the, there's stuff. That Kelsier does in the background that Vin catches on to. There, there's this big deal in Hero of Ages when Vin thinks Yeoman has. I know I'm probably saying you wrong. Whatever, Yeoman has a, a Mistborn, and it's never like it's never really revealed who his Mistborn is. And I'm pretty certain that Mistborn is Hoyt, which you find out in Secret History. You mean the the thing that. Vin chases around the city. Yeah, there, there's a there's a thing that Vin chases in the, in the city. Who's explicitly said this is a person. It's a misborn. No, that uh, was ruin. Ru- well, yeah, ruin also does some of that too. Like Kelsier starts to, and then ruin sort of takes it over to right, screw but with Vin. The beginning of that section in secret history. First, it's Hoyt. Like Hoyt does a thing, but Vin doesn't chase him, and then. Kelsier's following after Vin, but then, of course, Ruin takes over and decides to send the shadow after. All right, maybe I'm not remembering the specific thing you're talking about. We'll get to it when we get there. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, I found the quote uh, from that council meeting I was telling you guys about. Uh, so this is from the point of view of uh, Phylon, who is one of the council members uh, when Ellen comes in and he's, you know, going to take charge of the meeting and whatnot. And he's followed by um, Kelsier's crew. It says, Venture had brought all of his Alamancers with him, the former thugs of the survivor's crew. Ellen apparently wanted to remind everyone who his friends were. Powerful men. Frightening men. Men who killed gods. So... From that guy's perspective, that's all of Ellen's Alamancers, but we wouldn't expect just all of the other crew members. So, like, we don't know that all of the other Alamancers are missing. No, but no, as no. Far it just, you just read it. it, it the, he mentioned all of it, it. It's not referring to just the named crew members that we know about. It's the whole. It's everyone who worked to overthrow the... So there's more than just the named characters there. That's what I'm interpreting that as. 
I'd, I'd have to read the rest of that. That was from chapter 31 for anyone who's curious and wants to try and find it themselves. But uh, so, yeah. Shout outs to ebooks for easy searching. God, I hope you used your ebook to easily search that. <laughs> and you weren't just like frantically flipping through like, I remember it being somewhere near here. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> it is from Filin, and he doesn't know who the underground people are. So it, like you yeah, said, it could just be his perspective. But he's um, also on the council or what is that even called? The assembly. The assembly. Uh, so he would have he would have access to information about the uh, the the kingdom's security, such sure, as but maybe who its alamancers are. Decided not to work for the city and just did their own thing, so they don't have access to them normally. Um, but it does come up quite a bit more when the when the battle gets started. Yeah, we'll we'll have to keep an eye out because at that point it literally is just the members of the crew. And not even Vin anymore, because they sent her away. Oh yeah, so Kelsier check-in. He is still in the Well of Ascension, stuck there. I think by this point, he's gotten a little braver, and he's actually taken a look at Ruin in the middle of the well. I mean, I assume that that started happening within, like, hours. Because yeah. Kelsier gets well, bored easily. Hours, like, halfway through the year, he finally started getting used to it. But I should probably reread Secret History again. It's starting to get pretty fuzzy. Pun intended. Oh, got him. But I think it is worth rereading by the time we reach near the end of Well Ascension, because we will have to discuss what Kelsier is up to in Hero Babies. Oh, 100%. That's where the Kelsier check-ins are really going to matter. Although the timeline splits off, and he's off doing stuff, and we don't actually know what's going on at that same time in in the book itself, so... We're we're gonna have some some obscure points. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, do we just have a short episode, or does someone want to bring something else to talk about? No, yeah, short's oh, cool. good. Yep, short's good. A break. I could short. I could mention here that um, so I I've got my husband reading Sanderson now. It took me a while to talk him into it, but um. So he finished Stormlight Archive and desperately needed more stuff. So I told him, you know, just read Mistborn again, because he has read that before. It's been like 10 years. Um, and he recently finished uh, Well of Ascension. So now he's up to Hero of Ages again. But since we're talking about Well of Ascension now, I kind of picked his brain about it. Uh, just when he started reading it, I said, oh, well, babe, do you remember who the conjurer was? And he did not remember. It, like, it's been 10 years, but he didn't remember that at all. And so after he finished it, I, I asked him how he felt about uh, Tinsoon being the Chandra. And it blew his mind. Even, <laughs> even knowing it was coming, he didn't really remember it was coming. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. I thought I'd share. It's good. Neat. Yep. So now he's on Hero of Ages, and I look forward to getting him into Era 2, because he never has read those. Oh, All right. Good. Well, let him know that he's welcome to guest on an episode whenever he feels like it. <laughs> It'd be nice to have yet another perspective on these. All right, well, I, I think... Another white 30-something male perspective. I mean, it's <laughs> not even 30-something. We're all... All of us are within, like, a few months of each other, age-wise. 
I will be 36 sure. in uh, next month. I just turned 36 in November. I also just turned 36 in December. Yeah, Dave is the young one. He's like two years younger than us. Oh, I thought Dave was... Okay. Anyway, he's weird. We don't include him. Or like him. Or like how he smells. <laughs> I mean, we kick him out, so... Yeah, that's why we make fun of him for half of every episode. Alright, let's let's go ahead and end it. So, bye everybody. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.